0: welcome back to the fintech magazine podcast thank you for tuning in today if you are new to discovering us remember to follow our social media at fintech mag for the latest updates we have a special guest today who is the ceo of Tagit. however i will let him introduce himself so enjoy the episode sandeep welcome to this week's episode great to have you on the show how are you doing today
1: very good thanks
0: Good to hear. I think already this year has been quite eventful, to say the least. Would you agree?
1: Uh, Absolutely. I think the world has really changed this year in 2020.
0: Okay, before we kick things off, can you let our fintech listeners know who you are and what it is that you do in regards to the world of fintech?
1: Yeah, sure. So my name is Sandeep. I'm the CEO of Tagit. We are a Singapore fintech which provides digital banking solutions to a number of banks in the region. We're actually quite privileged to be among the top 10 digital uh, banking providers in the world, as ranked by some analyst firms, and uh, have helped a number of uh, banks on their digital transformation journeys. For me personally, I have over 20 years of experience in both technology and financial services, and quite passionate about seeing how technology can transform financial services. So very excited to be in the current times where we're helping banks achieve success with digital banking.
0: That's great. Thank you. That's definitely one thing we're witnessing at the moment with how financial services are coping with the impact of COVID and how the shift of the usual services are running. Our main topic is all to do with digital banking. So my first question for you is what are your prediction, I suppose, for the next year or so in banking in regards to APAC?
1: So I think uh, as with every region, we are definitely seeing a lot more adoption of digital banking. Uh, but I think when you look at APAC, I would really divide it into two parts. One is the banked population. So these are people who already have some, some form of banking relationships and are now going into digital. And the other is in financial exclusion or inclusion, I'm sorry, where you have uh, large masses of populations in various countries, which were never part of the formal banking ecosystem. And mobile and digital is really bringing a lot of these people back into the fold. So I would say in the banked population, a lot more consumers, businesses are moving from the physical to the digital channels and then a lot more consumers are being brought into financial services and these guys are born digital right so they will only access it through a digital service they will never be actually going to a branch themselves so so we are seeing adoption really take off in APAC.
0: That really seems to be the case like you've just mentioned about moving forward and developing your digital footprint for a lot of consumers. Moving to being online. For some, it is working out being more convenient, That you can still continue your day with adapting to using digital payments online. What are some of the innovations that banks in the fintech sector are exploring?
1: So I think uh, there are innovations at all levels. Maybe first at the customer engagement level. So as you know, when we talk about channels, uh, uh, if you go back all the way to 97, when the web started, it was all about internet banking. 2007, the mobile phone or iPhone came out and it became about mobile banking. In the last couple of years with the advent of AI, a lot of it is becoming about conversational banking. So you see devices like Echo or Alexa come out and people are getting more used to speaking and getting what they want. And I think that's gonna come into banking as well, right? So voice is becoming an, a very interesting channel uh, for banks as well. And again, uh, a lot of consumers may not be very tech savvy or digitally savvy, but everybody's comfortable in talking into a phone and asking for something. So we are definitely seeing voice as a channel of conversational banking uh, beginning to take off, right? Just like internet and mobile banking did over the last two decades. The other area I would say is that internally within the bank, so if you look at the processes of a bank, uh, a lot more processes are being digitalized and there's a lot of questions being asked whether you need to keep the current processes. So let me give you a specific example, customer onboarding. Uh, it used to be you had to go to a branch, be there physically present, do a wet signature, do physical KYC. And increasingly, we are seeing a lot of banks move this process online, uh, and a lot of regulation has come into place where you've got eKYC, and the entire end-to-end journey can be onboarded digitally, right? So at the point that the consumer wants to come on, he can just do it digitally, he doesn't have to wait to actually go to a bank and, and make an appointment. And then in other instruments like from business banking for trade finance, uh, while still at early stages, but using technologies like blockchain, to do document validation and authentication. So I think a lot of processes internally also are being changed. Uh, the third area I would say would be in payments. Uh, so we are seeing huge acceleration of payments and especially with this year. So contactless payments and real-time payments. Uh, and if you look at it again with this financial inclusion, a lot more people are paying through their wallets in the digital world. So payments are also going through the roof uh, and a lot of banks are focusing on how can they work with these payment providers to offer these services to various consumers. And the last area I would say is in open banking. I think banks realize they cannot exist in silos anymore. They have to be part of larger ecosystems. And uh, whether it's open banking or API microservices, I mean, a whole bunch of buzzwords, but the important thing is that banks are really looking to become as part of partner ecosystems to offer different services and get access to a whole lot of different customers. So these would be the three or four areas Uh, that as we talk to banks we are seeing some core initiatives take off
0: absolutely i suppose with what you've just explained being aware of these three different areas in the fintech industry consumers are aware of how they can use banks successfully and the way they can move forward i suppose contactless payments using their wallets to pay for something it's all proving success against the challenges we're facing this year Yeah, definitely.
1: I think uh, what you're seeing is that uh, with the advent of COVID, there's a there's fundamental change going on in the banking industry. Uh, and again, I would say that the best thing that is probably happening is that the internal mindset is changing. You know, we used to joke that there's a whole bunch of analog bankers trying to go digital, and they are often resistant to going digital. I think uh, what 2020 has done is has forced a lot of these banks to just fundamentally adopt technology at all levels in the organization. I mean, I could give you the example of a large bank here in Asia, which had a three year program to maybe see 20% of their population work from home, right? And that was supposed to be an ambitious target. And they went hundred percent online in three weeks. So it just changed the mindset of people that yes, it is viable, it is easy to do things with technology. And I think that mindset towards the positive impact that technology can have uh, has changed significantly and this makes it a lot more easier for banks to then think about when they're thinking in digital initiatives, right? In terms of how they want to offer solutions. The other area that that what COVID has done is the demand has grown significantly from both consumer and businesses. Uh, I mean, it was already accelerating, but then what you saw is physical channels just shut down. And when physical channel shut downs, so, I mean, what option do you have but to go digital, right? And when consumers started going digital, then banks said that, "Look, I need to have something in digital and, and a lot of banks and you'll be surprised that you know maybe fifty percent of banks are still not as digital as they need to be, and you're suddenly seeing a lot of acceleration in them taking on these digital programs. So they're seeing a lot of demand, and even from businesses, so businesses which were used to previously working, let's say in the physical world a lot more, they're also looking at, look, how can I go digital?" because they themselves are transforming I mean a lot of retailers, a lot of travel industries is transforming by themselves. And therefore they're also expecting the banks to transform uh, along with them. And I think the the final area, which is again, uh, what COVID is doing is sort of uh, accelerating this trend on uh, digital is the profile of the customers is changing. So if you look at e-commerce, for example, now that's going through the roof as we all know, right? But that means that banks have to say that, look, as opposed to my traditional merchant acquisition, I really need to think about e-commerce and online acquisition right and how do I support that um, as opposed to my typical consumer where I would go to someone and say look what is your salary account the profile of the workforce is changing where I may not have a salary account maybe because I'm a freelance worker and therefore you know you're not going to think of me in the same way as you used to do previously and today I have a lot more options available to me to open an account put a deposit in versus necessarily just going to a bank so I think as the profile of these uh, consumers is changing, uh, what you're seeing is that the banks are realizing that they really need to rethink what are the product and services they offer. And this in terms of technology, what it is leading to is them having to think about how flexible or scalable the architectures are. Because if you think about it, if I needed to offer you a new product or a new solution, uh, I may know what you want, but then my backend systems have to support it, right? Uh, and do my, architecture, does my architecture support that? I think that's a question that a lot of banks are asking, or if there's a sudden shutdown and there's a huge volume on one channel, say internet or mobile, uh, are my architectures scalable to see, to basically manage this sudden surge of demand, right? So a lot of change uh, that the banks are really uh, adopting as this this year has sort of passed, and I think it will accelerate a lot of trends towards uh, digital.
0: That's a valid point there. It seems to be going hand in hand, how retailers are developing with banks, of course, they need to maintain that some level of improvements if other departments are developing their innovation each day. How they have the comfort for consumers to rely on them, it is almost as though if, let's say, that chain breaks, then it's not going to function and then the technology side of things in the fintech industry becomes vulnerable. Is there anything else you would like to mention whilst we are on the topic of COVID and the impact it is having on fintech?
1: I think uh, uh... The other thing I would say, and, and this has been uh, an interesting observation, that uh, banks are a lot more empathetic with the consumers. I think as they have seen consumers sort of go through a lot of hardships, uh, uh, banks have, uh, whether in, uh, along with the regulators, extended loan terms, helped defray payments, uh, helped give in additional insurance. Uh, and I think that's a, that's a very positive side on the banking side. And what it will do, I mean, as there's been this conflict of you know, banks versus fintechs, uh, I think it's an opportunity for banks to re-earn the trust of consumers. Uh, and I, also as consumers, you would probably want to maybe engage with an institution which has been there for a long time versus you know someone who's like three months old, right? While it is a lot more shiny and new, uh, you, you know, given these kind of uh, oh. unprecedented events that we saw in 2020, you may just want to trust with someone who's been along a lot longer, right? So I think there's this uh, opportunity for banks to really Uh, earn the trust or or build on the trust that they have with the consumers and we have seen that you know I mean in terms of whether they've rolled out government programs uh, say in the US where there was a distribution of a lot of money through the banks uh, or in countries like Singapore where there was uh, loan deferment or payment deferments uh, and all of these were acted on rapidly it was not months and months but days and weeks Uh, so so I think that's uh, something that we have seen with the banks as well and I think it's a good opportunity for banks to build on that
0: Exactly. You've hit the nail on the head there. We do seem to be witnessing a significant amount of banks empathise more with their consumers. That's now a greater advantage for consumers to have because banking a lot of the time is a simple A to B transaction. There's no emotional side to the transfer, whereas now having that empathy from a bank to a consumer, so B to C, so overall it is improving the communication with one another.
1: Uh, definitely. I think uh uh, this is where, like I said, the, the relationship and the and the trust between the bank and the consumers can, can grow significantly and then a great opportunity for the banks to build on it.
0: Great. So moving on for a moment, could you explain how the idea of business digitalization changed in the last few years and how have the main players in the d- ecosystem changed?
1: Sure. So I think uh, uh, digitalization has gone from the innovation bucket to the mission critical bucket. I mean, 10 years ago, if you were pitching to someone mobile, they would say, please go and talk to my innovation department, right? Because it was something funky that you would do and not necessarily critical to the bank, right? And today you look at digital as the most mission critical uh, business or the offering that a bank has to look at. Now, uh, banks and businesses both realize that they have to digitize to survive and you have to go digital. I think uh, today, nobody's questioning that, right? And banks are looking at what are the products that I can offer as there's a change both in the customer needs as we spoke about earlier, but also in terms of the competition that they're facing, right? I mean, 20 years ago or 10 years ago, a bank would think either another local bank is a competitor or a foreign bank is a competitor. But as we know today, a lot of fintechs are competitors, right? So banks are really thinking about, look, how do I work in this space of new competitors? And a lot of these fintechs, what they've done is they've brought that customer relationship to the forefront. And when the customer relationship has been brought to the forefront and you will see a lot of consumers talk very passionately about, oh, I'm looking at this wallet, or I'm using this service. Uh, I think that is also helping to transform banking, right? Uh, I think the big worry that the banks have is uh, if you look at the telco industry, uh, you know they started off on the internet and other waves, uh, but at the end of the day, they just became the pipes which are providing the bandwidth and all the real value was in the OTT players on top of it and you know, different service providers like Netflix and Facebook and the others who build their businesses on top of this, right? And I think the banks are going to be concerned that, look, do they just become the dumb financial pipes which are moving and processing money? Uh, you know, how can they make sure that they have the end customer relationship because they know that's where the real value is, right? So it has gone very mission critical and it is also something I think very good for the consumer because there's a lot more focus on the consumer by the banks. In terms of the players themselves in this ecosystem, uh, how that has changed a little bit is that in terms of the banking service providers, uh, beyond the incumbents, which are the banks, they're obviously transforming themselves in terms of how they offer these services. But outside of that, you're seeing a lot of fintechs uh, being credible competition to these banks and offering these services, right? And I'm sure you would be aware of the, the WeChats, the Alipays, and uh, the neo banks, which are going and offering a lot of these services, uh, along with the banks. So, so we see a lot of vibrancy with these new players coming into play. In terms of the technology providers, you know, it used to be the advent of all the big technology providers, which would provide technology to a lot of big banks. But now banks are more than open and, in fact, oftentimes more willing to engage with fintechs and startups because they know they bring a lot of innovation to the forefront uh, that can help them transform their business as well, right? So you're seeing a lot of these uh, new technology players, which may provide you a great KYC solution or a great conversational banking solution, and, and you're seeing a lot of engagement go in that space, right? So if you look at a company like Tagit, uh, we well, are not terribly young; we are about 15 years old, but uh, we are working with some of the largest banks in the region, and they are absolutely work, uh, very interested in working with us in their digital transformation roadmaps looking at what new, what next, how do they achieve more and more success uh, with their customers as they go ahead with us.
0: With what you've just explained in regards to your company Tagit, which has been around for a significant amount of time, you're still able to have the opportunity to collaborate with many high-flying banks. It is showing proven success for Tagit at the moment. Actually, I wanted to ask you, how important is an omnichannel platform for banks?
1: Yeah, so I think uh, that's really quite critical. And, and I'll start from the customer perspective, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Customers today expect banks to deliver an omni-channel experience. Now, whether the bank has one platform or multiple platforms, I mean, consumers don't care. They expect an omni-channel experience. If I go to the branch, if I made a call to a call center, if I go to your mobile app or your web, it should be consistent. I should not have to repeat myself and you know, things should just move on, right? Uh, and that's the base expectation. And banks are very wary of that. You cannot get away with not having it today. So I, I would say that's from the demand perspective. Now, what this means within the banks and, and that's where companies like Tagget can play an important role because we provide that digital banking or an omni-channel banking solution. Uh, and when we talk to banks, uh, I think all things are not equal for all sizes of banks. So for obviously large banks, which could have multiple lines of business from retail to corporate to wealth to SME, uh, and who have invested significantly into different technology solutions over a period of time, uh, we are working with some of them to gradually transform these you know either department by department or a line of business first and then another. Uh, but typically they will work with us on their mobile, their internet and retail, and then maybe go to corporate, right? But they know they have to do a transformation, but given their size, it may take a little bit of time. The smaller banks or mid-sized banks. Uh, those would typically go more for a big bank kind of approach because it would not make sense for a bank of that size to run a large digital transformation program. Uh, you have to do a little bit of a rip and replace and say that look, I had these three, four, five solutions, and I really need one integrated solution uh which I can offer to the customers, right? So a lot of banks are looking at uh these omni-channel experiences that the consumers are demanding. They're looking at vendors like Target to provide these kind of solutions. And uh, depending on the size of the banks, it could be a, a broader transformation or a big bank approach, but that's what we're seeing in the market today.
0: So one of my final questions for you today, I'll break it into two parts. First of all, what do you recommend, build versus buy?
1: So this has been an age-old uh, <laughs> uh, debate within the banks, right, that do we build something, do we buy it? And, and when we are talking to banks, uh, we ask them to look at a few things, right? One their own size and internal capabilities, right? That look, uh, where are you as a bank? What's your current size and what's your ability to build? Because whether you want to build it, but whether you can do that, right? The other area that we ask them to look at is in terms of talent, Uh, technology is evolving rapidly, faster than ever. Uh, And will you as a bank be able to get all the technology assets and all the talent that you need at the right time to keep up with all of this technology? I mean, it's hard enough for Vendors who are specialized in a certain area, uh, let alone for a bank to say that, look, I can get this skill today and this skill tomorrow, which keeps evolving every other day of the week, right? So talent is a big, big issue. And the final is time to market. uh, Because not only do you need to deal with a whole variety of different technologies, but you need to respond quickly to market with new products and solutions. So the question you have to ask the bank is, what is your ability to put together the team have the internal processes to deliver something in the right time to market, right? And if you feel you can't do that, then you should absolutely look at, could you work with a partner vendor to actually help you with that particular initiative, right? So you could look at build versus buy. Now, I would like to add in that, uh, we tell the banks that look, it's not just about build versus buy, maybe you can also think of the third option, which is partner. Uh, If you look at a lot of FinTech players, a lot of technology players, uh, we are all offering solutions on a SaaS model, on a cloud-based model. Uh, a lot of vendors are offering things which are on a revenue share or a consumption-based model. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a big buy expenditure as well, right? And especially when you're looking to get into new areas, uh, maybe partnership could be a great way to kick off versus necessarily saying that, look, uh, let me go and either build everything or buy everything on day one.
0: Absolutely. Great point. You've just mentioned, Sandeep. To actually have the partnership between banks and still have that collaboration happening, it's making the process more comfortable and convenient. So you're working as a two instead of trying to build on your own and face challenges. Having the thought of partnerships puts it into the mix. can be an exciting option. That's one to think about, actually, isn't it, in the build versus buy scheme?
1: I no, was just saying that uh, and, and this is why you see the uh, in fintechs which uh, maybe four or five years ago we were always seen in competition with the banks uh, now we see a lot of collaboration between banks and fintechs right uh, because they see this partnership model they see the value of this partner ecosystem uh, where they're saying that okay it doesn't mean that if you're offering a payment solution you're necessarily in competition with me uh, maybe we can collaborate together uh, a company like target as an example we offer conversational banking solutions And this is a new area. We know it is going to take some time to evolve. We firmly believe this will be the default channel in the coming decade. But the banks are taking baby steps as they try to learn how to deal with multiple languages, how to deal with performing different transactions, deal with security. And we offer banks an an opportunity to partner with us in delivering these solutions, right? Because over the long run, uh, as the banks are successful and we believe that we will be able to get value for ourselves as well, right? But we're willing to invest along with the banks on these areas.
0: How should a bank look at its technology investments? Could you comment on that in a few words?
1: Sure. So I think uh, uh, as banks are looking at their technology investments, right, and uh, a lot of banks are now looking from the edge inwards. So previously, the core banking system of the bank was the first system that bank would look at, and a lot of investment was made in those areas. Uh, Now you're finding a lot of banks actually not really necessarily investing more in the core or trying to refresh the core, but focusing more on the channels on the edge, which is really where the customer touch points are, right? Because the first thing you need to do is to deliver a great customer experience. So as banks look at these uh, edge computing or the edge solutions, uh, what they also need to realize is that they need to be very, uh, have a whole set of open systems or solutions that they're putting out there. Uh, Because these solutions will not just be about the bank engaging with the customer, but it could be the bank engaging with a partner with the customer. So, the ecosystems that we spoke about. So, really seeing that how can they expose their services, either as APIs or be able to consume other services. Uh, I think those are areas that banks really need to look at uh, as they try and change that consumer experience. And as they change that consumer experience, they will have to look at their architectures at the back end to again see how flexible and scalable they are. Uh, a lot of banks are realizing that they you know, they used to be very product centric that you cannot have one saving account for everyone. You may need 10 different saving accounts for 10 different people. Now you may understand that at the edge, you may be able to have all the data, which allows you to uh, define what kind of products you want to offer to these consumers, but then your host systems may not allow you to produce these products. So if you can't do that, it doesn't help you much, right? So banks really have to look at right from the edge, from the consumer to the core systems at the back end as well.
0: Well, Sandeep, we've come to the end of the podcast, but thank you so much for joining me today. Um, It's been exciting finding out a lot about Tagit and some of your insights within the fintech industry.
1: Thank you. I really, really enjoyed the conversation and and really looking forward uh, to see how banks continue to up digital banking, both over here in Europe and across the world, and really bringing a lot of benefit to the consumers.